just making sure I had the timer on the right time. It's a 15-minute timer, and then there's an hour timer. I want to make sure. Uh, the, my friends from, who were with me at Asbury know that an hour is possible, so I want to make sure here. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we just thank you for this day and for the joy of being in their house of worship. The joy of being here the, the Sunday after Christmas. And I pray, oh God, like, like Simeon had the Holy Spirit rest upon him, that you would rest upon us with your Holy Spirit now. That the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts would be pleasing unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Merry Christmas. And since I'm going to be on vacation beginning tomorrow till January 4th, let me be one of the first to say Happy New Year. We're praying for a Happy New Year, amen? <laughs> Woo, 2020, I tell you, it's been, it's been a year. And, and we're excited about, about moving into, well, I'm a little hesitant to say it, but 2020 is turning 21. I don't really know if you remember when you turned 21, but it's going to be a great year. I, I, I know that God is, is, is with us, that we're never alone, and that he never forsakes us. Even in the midst of pandemic, even in the midst of economic downturn, even in the midst of polarization and division, God is always with us. Amen. Now, Earlier this week, I received a text from an old friend that I grew up with in church. It's been years since I'd heard from him. Uh, he lives in, now he lives in Waco. He was living in College Station, teaching in college at, at A&M, and now he's teaching at Baylor. And, and he sent me a text and brought back a whole lot of memories of when we were growing up in church together. Uh, his name is Daniel, and uh, some of them were, were really pleasant memories, and, and he also brought up some of the shenanigans we got into, like on Christmas Eve candlelight service, uh, where we thought it was a good idea to see if we could write our names with the wax of the candle into the pews. Uh, it was a great idea until my mom found out, and it wasn't good after that. But then after, after that conversation with Daniel, I started thinking about some of the Christmases past that I've had throughout my life. And I started reflecting on the times I spent with family. I remember growing up, my dad had a huge family. There must have been at least 30 first cousins, if I'm counting right. More than that, if I'm if I'm not, and and we would get together on Christmas Day, and I always loved getting together with the family, all my cousins and my aunts and uncles, and and being at the every year it would rotate to somebody else's house, and I could remember the smell of the kitchen and in in the different homes and 
and the taste of the food, and, and I especially remember my Aunt Martha's rice. I love rice. Rice is so good. And if you've never had my Aunt Martha's rice, you haven't lived. It's that good. And then I started remembering some of the memories I had growing up in church that Daniel uh, triggered and the warmth and the, and the joy that, that I had growing up at, at Principe de Paz here in San Antonio. And then as, as I got married and Diana and I started to raise our family at Pollard and at La Trinidad here in San Antonio. So much joyful memories. So much has, has happened. And then I started to think about my first year in ministry. My first Christmas in ministry in Del Rio. I was telling Pastor Holly on Christmas Eve, I was so nervous and I was, I was wanting everything to, to go so perfectly that first Christmas that, that I was so focused on all our plans that I sort of kind of missed Christmas. I lost sight of the fact of what we were actually supposed to be doing, right? I was just, I was just so focused on making sure everything ran perfectly. And so it was so nice this, this, this Christmas Eve uh, to be in worship at the 2 o'clock service and then to be able to go worship with my family at the 6 o'clock service in the CLC. But I was praying for Holly because I knew that she had multiple services to, to take care of. And I pray that she's uh, resting and recuperating now with Trip as they begin their vacation. And I thought about all those memories over the years. And how oftentimes we prep up for that special day. In the Christian faith, we prep up for Christmas, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and, and Lent and, and Resurrection Sunday, Easter, right? And then the day after, we come down. We come back down. But in today's passage, I want us to focus just a little bit on Simeon and Anna. See, Jesus has already been born. And those of us who have had children, those of us who have experienced a newborn baby in the home, realize that when a baby comes into the world, a baby comes into your home, your life has changed forever. I used to teach a parenting class with Methodist Healthcare Ministry to young dads. And, and some of these dads were first-time dads, and, and, and this was the first time they were ever going to hold a baby. They were ever going to nourish a baby. They were ever going to be there for a baby. And so they were apprehensive. And I would begin the class by stating, your life will never be the same ever again. And you'd see their eyes open up. Oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? And it's true. When a baby comes into the world, when a baby comes into your life, when a baby comes into your home, life is never the same. And the same was true for Mary and Joseph. We know the birth story. 
How Jesus was born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying there with his mother Mary and Joseph, the shepherds and the animals. But after that day, after the day of birth, life moved on. And so Mary and Joseph take their newborn baby and bring him to the temple, as was the Jewish custom, especially for the firstborn male, to present him before the Lord. And as they come into the temple gates, Simeon, Simeon sees them. And he didn't know this on his own, but by a movement of the Holy Spirit, realizes that this is the child that has been prophesied over, that has been told about. And the joy of the Lord stirs his soul. The celebration can now begin in earnest. And he takes that baby and he holds him in his arms and realizes that the consolation, the redemption, the salvation of all Israel is in his arms. Whew, that just gave me chills thinking about it. He's holding the Savior of the world, in his arms and remembers that the Holy Spirit had told him that he wouldn't die until he got to see the baby. And so he proclaims, you have been faithful, God, and now I can rest in peace. And then there's Anna, the prophet, who was 84 years old and who had been a widow for 77 years. She'd been married for seven. Now, those of you who are into numbers might find something there. Married for seven, widow for 77, seven, seven, seven. I'll let you take that home and wrestle with that. I'm not smart enough to understand what that means, but. But there's Anna, also recognizing that the salvation of Israel had come into the world. The salvation of Israel had been born. And so the joy that fills her heart is overwhelming. Now, Wesley, in his notes, would have a sermon about this, about Anna being 84 and about uh, Simeon being elderly and saying that it, <laughs> you're never too old to serve God, right? And, and I want you to hear that message. You're never too old to continue serving God. The prophet was 84 and was serving God, so you're never too old. Now, that's not the message this morning that we're focusing on, but I want you to hear that. You're never too young and you're never too old to celebrate 
the King, the Savior, the Redeemer of the world. Age has no bearing in that. And so here we find and honor the prophet celebrating the Christ child among them. The joy that must have been swelling up within them to know the Messiah had arrived. Let that sit for just a moment. The long-awaited Messiah of Israel had been born. And yes, the birth story is important, and it's, it's important that we know it and that we tell it and that we retell it, but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop at the manger. It moves forward. And in this crazy year of 2020, where it's been really hard to celebrate good things, where, where we have lost loved ones. I lost a cousin earlier uh, this year to COVID. One of those cousins that I was thinking about as I was reflecting earlier this week, who's just a little bit older than me. It's been a rough year. It's been difficult. Let's acknowledge that. Yes, it's been difficult. And there haven't been a lot of happy times. But let's not confuse happiness with joy. Because those are two different things. Right? Happiness is based on the event, on the situation that's happening at the moment. You can be happy one moment and sad the next just depending on what's going on. But the joy that we have in Christ Jesus, the joy that we experience as believers and followers of Christ Jesus is not based on a single moment, but is based on how we know and experience Christ in our hearts. And it's permanent. And it supersedes the moment or the experience. And so while 2020 has been difficult, we can take the joy that Christ gives us and we can celebrate the fact that we are never alone. That even in these times of trials and tribulations, the Christ child is still among us. The Christ child is still present. And so this morning, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage me to celebrate and to continue celebrating the Christ among us who will never forsake or abandon us, who will never neglect or leave us. Christ has come into the world, and Christ will never depart. And for that, we can celebrate this first Sunday in Christmas. 
For that, we can continue to celebrate as we move in to this next year with hopeful expectation that things will get better. And so we give glory to God. We thank God for the Christ who dwells with us and in us even today. Lord God, we thank you for this time that we've had to reflect on your word. I pray that your word would live in our hearts and would move us to new heights. In Jesus' name, amen.